Hey y'all, you're listening to the Faith Church Sermon Podcast. We are so excited that you're connecting with us today. It is our desire for you to grow as a result of the resources we provide here. We pray that this blesses you today as you seek to know Him more. Sometimes I get tired of making decisions. Have you ever had decision fatigue? where it's just like, my gosh, every moment of every day seems to be some massive decision or something in front of me that I gotta decide, weigh the pros and the cons, make a decision about doing this or that, whether I should believe this or that, whether I should trust that person or listen to that person, how am I gonna act, how am I gonna think, how am I gonna, there's all these decisions to be made and sometimes I get to the point where I just was like, can somebody else please decide? Like, can somebody else make decisions for me? If I could trust you, if I knew you'd make good decisions, I'd be like, hey, just take over, right? You decide for me how I'm supposed to act, how I'm supposed to think, how I'm supposed to live, because outside in our world today, there's so much going on socially and politically and societally, like all this stuff going on outside, but that's not just inside my head. There's all this stuff going on, right? There's confusion and questions and doubts, and it's this traffic jam that's happening, and I'm just like, hey, somebody tell me what to do, and I'll do it, because if you just guide me and direct me, if I can trust you, I'll follow. And welcome to walking with Jesus, right? Because Jesus is someone who wants you to follow him. Part of this whole journey of faith and walking with Jesus is realizing that Jesus does have a direction for every aspect of your life. That Jesus does care about giving you an assignment, giving you direction in how to see the world and how to navigate all the ups and downs, the lefts and rights, that he has an assignment for all of us. We say we want to follow him, but oftentimes we don't like the things he wants to say to us, and we don't like the assignments he gives, but we're tired, we're confused, we struggle, we don't know what the next decision is, we're not sure how to handle things. What would it be like to actually trust Jesus, to let him give us our assignment and walk in it? Right? It sounds so simple, but it's, Kind of complex, maybe, and yet Jesus gives assignments that are often unexpected. When I ask Jesus for my assignment, I could almost assume he's going to say, you know, Joe, your assignment is to pray more. If you would just pray more, if you would just give more, if you would just serve more, if you would just do more good things, that's what I need you to do, and then you'd be unstuck and you'd be able to move forward. But that's not the assignment he gives. He gives a very different kind of assignment. It's not one you would expect, and yet it's supposed to direct every single person who claims to be a follower of Christ. So like if today you'd say, Jesus has forgiven me of my sins. You've trusted Jesus enough for him to forgive you of your sins and take away your sins and guide you into eternity, he's got a direction for you, an assignment for every one of us, whether you've been walking with him for three days or 30 years, he has an assignment that's for all of us. But are we willing to listen and follow? And it will radically shift how you see things. It's somewhat simple, somewhat complex, We're going to dive into it today in Matthew chapter 28. We'd love for you to follow along in your Bible, 16, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. And here's why we have you open up your Bibles, because I'm just a windbag, Jersey Joe. But God's Word is alive and active, and it's eternal, right? And so the things that we discover as we open our Bibles and we look at what the Bible says, this becomes our anchor and our compass into how we live and move as everything shifts and changes around us. 
So get yourself in your Bible electronically or paper copy, Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. And just one little quick thing as you navigate there. You know, at Faith Church, we really care about advancing the kingdom of God. And we wanna advance the kingdom of God in ways that are both orthodox and innovative, which means we wanna stand on the timeless truths of God. We're not gonna change the message of God, but we're changing our methods all the time. We're adapting methods to help people find and follow Jesus, and we love technology, right? And so watching me right now are hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds or more people eating our digital content every week, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people. And a lot of the people that are watching me right now are eating this digital content. They're never gonna come into the walls of a church. And it matters to us to help everyone find and follow Jesus. And so we're looking for ways all the time to help expand how we do that in innovative ways. And so one of the shifts we're making is we're shifting Tim Azevedo into our online director. He's on our team, and he's gonna wake up every day and think about all the hundreds upon hundreds of people who are watching and consuming and find ways to help shepherd people that are watching right now, care about you, find ways to help you take your next step as you walk with Jesus. Maybe you'll never come to a church but that's not the point. Where your heart is, you can take a next step to follow Jesus. Tim wants to help you along with our online team, so you're gonna see more about that coming up in the days ahead because we're orthodox and innovative in everything we do. Would you pray with me? Father, thanks for the opportunity to open up your word and to talk about what is true and right and good. Lord, many of us are tired. Many of us struggle to know what direction is north how to navigate the complexities of our world. Many of us have put our trust in you for our forgiveness of sins and eternal security. We've been adopted into the family of God and we wrestle with our careers. We wrestle with relationships. We wrestle with the complexity of how to live and move and what to do and say, and we're tired of making decisions. So part of why we gather today is to listen to your voice and to follow your lead. And so God, may your word speak today and anything that I say that is not of you, I pray that it would be forgotten, but what is of you would remain eternal and that you would be our compass and guide as sons and daughters, that you would help us to follow you with joy. Remove every distraction so we can hear from you in Christ's name, amen. Matthew 28 captures for us Jesus' last words before he ascends back to God the Father. So remember, Jesus leaves heaven and comes to earth. He wraps humanity around his divinity. He's a carpenter turned rabbi, but his love and lifestyle is so contradictory to the religious norms of his day that he's arrested, crucified, dead, buried. He's raised to life, right? And he shows himself to his disciples over a period of 40 days to prove that he was dead, but now he's alive again. The passage we're gonna look at is the last words that Jesus speaks to his disciples before he goes back to heaven. Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Jesus, they worshiped him, but some doubted. I love the Bible because it's so real. We can understand this reaction, right? Some see Jesus, they worship, and some doubt it, right? Because if you see someone dead and buried and walking out of a grave alive, you would both be awe-inspired, worshipful, 
but you'd also doubt, right? You'd be confused, like what the heck is going on? Verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Remember these followers have a front row seat to all that Jesus did while he was on planet earth. They watched him walk on water, watched him heal and raise the dead, watched him teach with power. They watched him love radically. And so they're looking at Jesus and they're going, this guy is amazing. He's our Messiah. Jesus predicts that he's going to die and rise again. And these disciples think they're going to be influential, powerful. But Jesus turns to them and said, just like I have to die, so you too, as my followers, will have to die. You too will have to pick up your cross and follow me. And Jesus dies and rises again. And his disciples are like, this is crazy. And now he gives them this unexpected assignment. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them. And the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit teach them, and I'll be with you always. This unexpected assignment is known theologically as the Great Commission. He's talking to his apostles, his disciples, and he's giving them this great, massive commission. And it's for them, but it's also for us today. It's this commission that says our role on planet Earth is to reach our neighbors and the nations with the love and the message of Christ. You want to know what you're here for? If you're a son or daughter of King Jesus today, you know what you're supposed to do while you wait till you see him face to face? And however your death happens, it will happen. But you know what you're supposed to do? How you're supposed to see the world? How you're supposed to focus your energy and tension? How you're to navigate the confusion and difficulty? This is the great commission to all his disciples Reach your neighbors, reach the nations with this love and message that's timeless and beautiful and freeing. Whether that's at home or your neighborhood or your school, whether it's in your workplace, in your athletic league, in your gun club, at your Pittsburgh Steelers fan moment, wherever you are, and not just in this nation, but to all nations, reach with the love and the message of Christ. If you've placed your faith in Christ today, this great commission is your great commission. This assignment isn't just to disciples then, it's to us as his followers now. And so I want to pull it apart for you and try to unpack it so we can understand what this assignment means. Jesus starts out and says, all authority. He's speaking on behalf of God the Father, and he says, all authority on heaven, in heaven, and on earth has been given to me, and he now says, now let me tell you your assignment. Now, if someone at Wegmans pulled me aside in the fruit aisle and was like, hey, Joe, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me to tell you your assignment, I would think they're, right? Like, I'd be like, what are you talking about? But when you had a front row seat to see Jesus die and walk out a grave of alive and see all the miracles and everything he did, when he says with power, hey, bub, listen up, all authority on heaven and earth is mine, I've got something to say. If you're a disciple of Jesus in that moment, you sit back and go, whoa, 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 
He's talking to me. And they're in a season of their lives where they're disoriented, where things are upside down, where they're not sure what to do, and they want someone to tell them what to do. And Jesus says, hey, all authority is mine. I've got an assignment for you. Listen up. Pay attention. This is powerful. This is important. Here's your marching orders. Here's how you're supposed to think, how you're supposed to live, what you're supposed to process, how you're supposed to act. All authority is mine, he says to them. And then he moves on and says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go. I don't want you to stay here. I don't want you to stay here. And Jesus would never command us to do something that he's not going to do himself. And so when Jesus says to them, go, he's also going, right? He's done this work on earth, and now he's ascending back to God the Father, where he's going to sit down on the right hand of God the Father as someone who intercedes and advocates for the sons and daughters of the king on planet earth. He's going to a new assignment. Now he says, hey, bub, you have a new assignment too. Go. You can't stay here. You can't stay in this spot. You can't keep doing what you're doing. You can't keep thinking the way you're thinking. You can't keep acting the way you're acting. You have a new assignment to see the world in a new and different way. Get going. Go. And before he tells them where to go, he says, I want you to make disciples. I can't spell, so I don't know. Did I get that right? I'm not sure. Don't pay attention to spelling. He says, go make disciples. He doesn't say go make lasagna. He doesn't say go make a new fan club. He doesn't say go make a new home. He doesn't say go make a new job, a new career. He doesn't say go make anything else but make disciples. Make disciples. And that word disciple can be confusing, spelled right or wrong. Here's what disciple means. The word disciple means you learn from and become like. That's a disciple. Someone who learns from and becomes like. Someone who follows is a disciple, someone who follows. You know, you're being discipled by someone right now. You're learning from someone right now. You're becoming like someone right now. Maybe it's Jesus and maybe it's not, but you are learning from and becoming like. I can learn from an artist, a musician, a sports person, a mechanic, a chef. I can learn from a doctor or a teacher. I can learn from someone and become like them. And when I do that, I am a disciple. I'm someone who follows and becomes like. Here's the other thing that's interesting about disciple. If you learn from and don't become like, you're not a disciple. You got that? If you learn a lot about something, but that something doesn't change you and you don't become like what you're learning, you ain't a disciple. If you know a lot about Jesus, but you don't become like Jesus, you're not a disciple. A disciple is someone who learns from and becomes like and follows Jesus. And so he says, hey guys, uh, here's your assignment. I want you to go not make lasagna, not make friends, not make enemies, not make a nation. I want you to go and make disciples. All authority in heaven and earth, go. Make disciples of who, Jesus? Of all nations. He doesn't say, uh, guys, I want you to make a disciples of this nation. He doesn't say, go make disciples of the people you like the people you're in a club with, the people that look like you, that have the same orientation as you, that are the same race as you. No, he says, the scope of what I'm trying to accomplish is all. 
All means all, it means every nation, which means every person, everywhere, any person, anywhere, Jesus cares about the love of Christ permeating their lives and the kingdom of God intersecting with them and they become a disciple. So it's not this nation, it's not that nation, it's every nation. It's not this person or that person, it's every person. No exclusions, no exceptions. The scope of what I'm calling you to do is all nations. And he says, baptize. Baptize them. Now, why would you baptize someone? I mean, is that just to get them into a religious community? Is that why we do sort of a baptism ritual thing? Like, no, actually, in the Bible, baptism is an outward reflection of an inward reality. So when you hear the good news of Jesus Christ, that you are a dirtbag, and because you're bad, you can't fix yourself, and you need someone on the outside to rescue you from sin, and when you put your hope in Jesus, he puts himself inside you and changes you and forgives you from everything, and when that happens, he says that inward reality of you putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I want you to show it outwardly. I want you to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because I'm building a public community Following Jesus isn't a private thing. It's a public community of people that declare, I believe in Jesus. And so he says, when you go and you make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them this really hard word to obey me. I don't know if I signed up for this. You mean I have to actually listen to Jesus? Yet go into all the nations, teach them to obey me. Jesus has a lot to say about how I live. He has a lot to say about my lifestyle, my money, my choices, my relationships. And he says, now when you go, I want you to teach them as you go to obey me. Jesus has a lot to say about loving my enemies and praying for those who persecute me. And as a disciple of Jesus, I am to obey that and to teach others to obey. Jesus has a lot to say about anxiety and fear. Do not fear. Do not be anxious for anything, but by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. And a disciple hears that and obeys. When you go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them, and teach them to obey everything I've told you to do. As you go and you become like me, as you learn from me, now you're to go do that for other people. So this is the assignment that he gives. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now I'm giving you your assignment, son or daughter of the king. Go. Don't stay here. You can't stay here. You can't stay the same. You're to be different. You're to go to all kinds of people, no exceptions, and share the love and message of Jesus so that they would come to know Christ and be baptized publicly, and they would learn to obey everything he has to say. And this is our assignment. It's Jesus telling us what to do, and you raise your hand today, and you might go, I'm so tired of making decisions. I'm not sure what to do. This is our assignment. This is it. It's really complex and really simple. It's go and be like him. Learn and become like him. Go and share this love with other people. Teach and baptize, and I know how many of us go, wait, this can't be my assignment. I know all the red flags that come up in our minds that go, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Isn't this the assignment of the professionals? I mean, isn't this for pastors and apostles and evangelists? And isn't this for missionaries and priests? Like, this isn't for me. 
This isn't my assignment. No, actually, it's for everyone. I'll say it this way. It's for everyone who's ever prayed the Lord's Prayer and meant it. I mean, maybe you mumbled the Lord's Prayer. You know what one I'm talking about? Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Have you mumbled that or prayed it? I mean, really prayed it. Have you prayed that prayer? You know the part in that prayer that goes, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Did you ever sincerely pray that? That God's kingdom in heaven would come to earth. Did you ever sincerely pray that? Only you know if that's true or not. Have you sincerely asked God's kingdom to come to earth? If you pray that sincerely, God answers that prayer by sending you. You are the answer to that prayer, that you are the one that he sends into whatever environment you find yourself, whatever space or hobby or business or occupation or relationship. If you're a son or daughter of the king today, and you've prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done, God's like, yep, and I'm answering that by sending you. With all your strengths and weaknesses, all your ups and downs, I'm sending you to make disciples. You say, well, Joe, I don't know enough about Jesus to make disciples. Like, I, I, I'm not sure. I can't baptize anybody. I don't know what to teach, what I'm gonna say. I don't know the Bible. You know, I love the New York Yankees. I mean, and okay, so the last two days have been bad against some team with a weird name. But I love the New York Yankees. When my sons were born, I discipled my sons to love the New York Yankees. And it wasn't because I told them lots of information, though I could tell them about the 35 pennants and 27 World Series, which makes them God's team. Right, I could tell them all the stats. But I told them what I love. And by sharing what I love, my sons have become disciples of the New York Yankees. Making disciples is about what you love, not about what you know. We're all making a disciple of something. You went to a new restaurant this weekend, and you tell someone at work tomorrow about it, you're making a disciple of that new restaurant. You found a new song or a new YouTube show or whatever you're binge watching on Netflix. You're making a disciple by learning something, loving something, and sharing something. Whatever you love, you make disciples with others about what you love. So let's stop talking about what you know. Let's start talking about what you love. And if you love Jesus, you talk about it. Not in preachy ways, not in condemning ways, I hope. Not blasting people with the truth, but you can't help but talk about what you love. If Jesus has really forgiven this dirtbag, if he's really washed me clean of all my sins and given me an inheritance that will never spoil or fade, not by works so that no one can boast, nothing I could do for myself, if he's really rescued me and redeemed me, how can I not talk about what I love? And every time I talk about what I love, I'm making a disciple of Jesus because affections are caught more than they're taught. Yes, there'll be time to convey information about how great the Yankees are and how many World Series, but it's just what I love, so I wear pinstripes. I can't help it, right? And in doing that, I've made disciples in my home. Is that same thing true about your home, about your work? 
about your relationships, that the things you love come out of you? Because if it comes out of you is everything else but love for Jesus. I wonder if you've met Jesus yet. Can I introduce him to you? He's not a religion. He's a relationship where he loves you so much that despite all the things you've done, he wants to wash you clean and forgive you so that you're now under no condemnation, but he's rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought you into a kingdom of love forever and ever and ever. And if that doesn't change you into someone that wants to talk about greatness in Christ, I'm not sure if you love him. You might say, well, Joe, I'm not good enough. Yes, I believe in Jesus. I I love Jesus, but I make mistakes all the time, and I've done sinful things, and sinful things have been done to me. How can I go and make disciples? Jesus doesn't say to his disciples, hey, guys, once you clean up your mouths, then you can go make disciples. He doesn't say to Peter, once you stop failing me, and giving up on me, then you can go make disciples. He doesn't say once you stop looking at porn or kick that habit or stop struggling in your relationships, then you go make disciples. No, he says, go make disciples. Now, of course, I want to live a life that pleases God. And so when I know that I've done things wrong, I want to confess that to God and say, God, I'm sorry. Help me to be holy. Change me from the inside out. You love me so much. I want to honor and obey and follow your word. Of course. But anyone who makes disciples is flawed. Let's just get that out there. I am the leading flawed person of Faith Church. I am the leading dirtbag, right? If you knew what happens inside my mind and heart, why the heck would you listen to me? We're all flawed. And one of the best things you can say as you share the love of Christ with people around you is, man, can you believe he rescued me? Can you believe he loves me with all my flaws and foibles? Can you believe he cares about me even though I backslide and I make mistakes and I cuss like a sailor? Can you believe that he loves me? And even in your sharing of that, you're making disciples. Yes, I want to be holy. I want God to change me from the inside out. But our salvation is not by works so that no one can boast. It's not about cleaning up your act. It's about putting our faith and trust in Jesus and pointing people to him, not ourselves. So I botch, I'll fail, I'll disappoint you over and over and over again, but Jesus won't. And that's sharing the good news of Christ. There's a thousand reasons why we say, I don't like this assignment. I want to leave it to the professionals. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not qualified. I'm flawed. Thousand reasons. And it's why Jesus ends this statement in verse 20. He says, here's what you're supposed to do. Go into all the nations and preach the gospel, teach, baptize, all this stuff. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Like he gets it. He knows that I can't do this, that I'm overwhelmed, that I don't feel good enough. I'm not capable enough. I don't know enough. He gets it and he goes, I'm going to go with you as you do this. As you take up this assignment, I'm going with you. Now, how does that work when Jesus is standing next to them and he says these words, go into all the world, make disciples, baptize, he says all this stuff and then he's like up and he's leaving them. Like, how am I going to be with you always when I just left and went to heaven? Well, he told them how this was going to happen before he went. He says, I'm going to go, die, rise again. I'm going to go back to God the Father. My work here is done, and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And when you put your trust in Jesus, he puts his spirit inside you to guide and empower you. When you put your trust in Jesus, he puts his spirit inside you. This is such a huge encouragement because I don't have to know where I have to go. I just must go. 
I don't know, need to know how much or how I'm gonna do whatever I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna go, and I know that he's going to go with me in my family, in my neighborhood, in my school, in our nation, in the nations. I can share the love of Christ with people. I can share the truth of Christ with people. And, and every step of the way, I can say, God, guide me. This is your kingdom, not mine. This is your assignment, not mine. This is how you want me to live. I'll follow you, and you're gonna go with me? So Holy Spirit, give me eyes to see as I walk through Costco if someone needs encouragement. God, as I walk through the cubes at my workplace and I see and notice someone struggling that I actually hit pause or come back later and say, hey, what's going on? I see you're struggling. As I look at my neighbors and I see things that are going on and brokenness in their lives, is there a way I can help? As God opens up opportunities for me to speak and for someone to say, boy, you're like a Jesus freak, Joe. Like, what's up with that? I'm like, hey, let me tell you if you want, but if you don't want, I won't tell you because I don't have to blast you with the truth. I'll walk step by step, moment by moment, and I'll do what you say, and I'll have eyes to see and ears to hear and a mouth that's courageous to speak. When you open up a door for me to speak, I don't need to blast people with truth. I can love them and speak the truth gently over time, and he's with me every step of the way. I'm not alone in this assignment, so I don't have to be nervous or anxious. I don't have to get notches in my belt about how many people I've talked to Jesus about today. None of that's important. I just walk step by step, moment by moment, week by week, and have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that loves. And as I follow Jesus and as I obey him and as I fall and I fail, I love people enough that I see the world through this great commission. Jesus gives every one of his followers this assignment, go and make disciples and I'll go with you. And it's easy for us to go, thanks Jesus, I really like your assignment, but it's not for me. Thanks Jesus, um, I signed up for you to forgive me from sins, but I didn't sign up to be your ambassador or to be your worker or to advance your kingdom. Here's one final challenge. I want you to hear something that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6. He's talking about something in regards to sexuality, so I'd encourage you to go read 1 Corinthians 6, but he says something profound that helps me and sort of reorients me. He says, Joe, as a follower of Christ, you're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Joe, I forgave you from your sins. You dirtbag, I whopped you, washed you clean. I made you new. I made you whole. I changed you from the inside out. And it cost me my blood so that you could be forgiven forever. I bought you, Joe, and now I own you. And what's great about Jesus is he's not some kind of dictator. He's not authoritative. He's just and loving and patient and kind. And he invites us to follow him. He doesn't force us to follow him. And he says, here's what I want you to do. You're not your own. I paid for you. Now you belong to me. And rather than advancing Joe's kingdom, advance my kingdom. Rather than going and making a name for yourself, Joe, make a name for me. Rather than building a house for you and yours, build a house for everyone. Rather than keeping all your money for yourself, invest in a kingdom that will never spoil or fade, that lasts forever. He invites us into this kingdom and he says, I bought you with a price. I forgave you from your sins. You're a son or daughter of the king. 
I own you, and I'm not going to force you to do anything, but I am going to say to you, if you want to know what to do in this world, and you're confused, and you want someone to tell you what to do, and how to think, and how to act, I have an assignment for you, and your assignment is simple. Reach the neighbors and nations of your life with the love and the message of Christ. And if I could just see everything I do through that lens, that would be my compass. And when everything's going up and down and storms are raging in my personal life, in my family life, in my nation, my anchor, is Joe, you're here to reach your neighbors and nations with the love and message of Jesus Christ. That's what you're here for. So that everything you see and everything you do if it's oriented through that, you're going to have direction and you're going to have an anchor. But if you ignore that and go, well, I just want you to forgive my sins. He's like, wait, I, I bought you at a price, Joe. I love you so much that I'm not going to force this assignment on you. I'm going to invite you into this assignment. And if you choose not to walk in this assignment, you're going to be disoriented. You're going to struggle. You're going to be confused. You're going to have a hard time. But if you could walk in this, there's a purpose and a peace that's going to come to you Someone's going to tell you what to do, and you can follow it, and it's going to be a compass that leads you through the ups and downs and lefts and rights of life. This is not for the professionals. It's for all of us. This is not complex, and it's not based on how clean you are or how morally pure you are. Do you love Jesus? And if you love him, this is our assignment, that his kingdom would come and his will would be done through me. Jersey Joe, who right now in this stage of life, I work for a church. At other stages of life, I've been in landscaping, and my assignment was exactly the same. As a farmer in North Jersey or cutting grass and building walls, my assignment was to reach my neighbors and the nations to love the message of Jesus Christ. So if you're an accountant or a mechanic, whether you're a cook or a stay-at-home parent, you're black, you're white, you're red, whatever orientation, whatever color, whatever circumstance you find, whatever age and ethnic background, monetary education, it doesn't matter who, what, when, where, how. If you are a son or daughter of Jesus Christ today, our assignment is to reach our neighbors and the nations with the love and the message of Jesus Christ. It's, that's it. And so if we might just do that, there's going to be ways our lives are less complex. It's going to orient us to what matters most. I have a friend. Her name is Savannah. She grew up at Faith Church and graduated from Emmaus High School. Savannah loves Jesus, and she loves the Bible and has lived in such a way to reach people with the love and message of Christ. God has a unique kingdom assignment for my friend Savannah. In 2023, she's going to get on a plane and go to a place in the globe that's never heard about Jesus before because this is her kingdom assignment. And I asked her to come and pray for us as a family that we would all have a heart that wants to go and make disciples of Jesus Christ. Savannah, would you pray for us? Lord, thank you so much that you are a God who desires to reveal yourself to your people. You gave us your word, both the written words of the Bible and your son, Jesus Christ. And through your word, we can know who you and know how to follow you. Thank you for these final words of Jesus before he ascended. Thank you for giving us direction for giving us our unexpected kingdom assignment. Lord, we're so grateful that we have received access to Jesus. 
but we know that there are many in this world that have not yet received that access. And we see in the Great Commission that it is your heart for all nations to receive access to Jesus. And in your wisdom and your goodness, you have chosen to use your people to do this. You have commissioned us to go and make disciples. So Lord, may we, the people of Faith Church, share your heart to see all nations have access to Jesus. May we have hearts that counted a privilege to have received this great commission. And may we have hearts that are willing to obediently go and make disciples. May our love of Jesus and our gratitude for the access we have to him compel us. And when we face suffering and rejection from the world, the same that Jesus faced, may we not shrink back, but may we follow his example and bear our cross as he bore his, even to the point of death. For going and making disciples will require us to leave where we are, to step out from what is known, to step out from what is comfortable, to step out from what feels safe, and Lord, we confess that this makes us fear, feel fearful and overwhelmed. But Jesus, you knew that we would feel this way. And you knew that we would not be able to obey this commission in our own strength. And so you told your disciples, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so Lord, we the people of Faith Church, we will go and make disciples because we know that you, Jesus, are with us every step of the way. We love you, Lord, and we want to follow you. We look forward to the day with hopeful expectation when all nations will have received access to Jesus. We pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.